With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets, tío. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. And welcome to the Cop Table podcast, where tonight we are previewing the Liverpool versus Arsenal game this coming Saturday evening at Anfield. Joining me on tonight's show for the red side of things, we have uh, Aaron Corley. Aaron has agreed to step in last minute for Jay, who's uh, unavailable tonight. Aaron's uh, a lifelong Liverpool supporter based over in uh, Sligo in, in Ireland and um, was on with the previous, uh, I think the West Ham podcast when Aaron you was on with us last year I think so yeah I remember doing I've done two or three last year now in the space of three or four weeks so I think it was the West Ham I was on with on here last year with yeah it was a good podcast that I remember that one so for the Gunners tonight representing Arsenal we have uh, believe it or not Adam Knowles he is a Arsenal fan based in Liverpool lifelong supporter telling me just before we came on that he, he's he's a big Ian Wright fan and he's been a supporter since the since 1993, so very warm welcome to the show, Adam, how are you? I'm fine, thanks very much Peter, thanks for uh, inviting me onto the show, it's a pleasure to be Thanks a lot, so right then Adam, we're going to look look back to the uh, first half of the season, now complete, we're going into the second half of the season, 51 points, we've got 19 games, 16 wins, 3 draws, undefeated, believe it or not. It's been an absolutely fantastic start, but just give us your thoughts on the, the start of the season that Jürgen Klopp's side have made, please. Um, where to start? Um, it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, do you know the stats to read now? 51 points, first half of the season, no, six ahead of Spurs in second, seven ahead of City in third. Um, do you know, I read somewhere that Liverpool have more points now at this point of the season than everything did over the whole of last season. Um, Klopp has really done a job uh, on Liverpool, you know, with the team this season. He's brought in the right players, um, you know, that 
have big game experience. The likes of uh, Shakiri, you know, played with Basel and you know had a miserable spell with. Um, oh, sorry, played with Basel and he was with Bayern Munich, I think, as well. That's right, yeah. Um, and you know, like he's he's a player that won a Champions League with Bayern Munich, and that's something people tend to overlook a wee bit. Um, you know, we all knew Kato was coming this time last season, and sadly he hasn't hit the ground running yet. But I expect over the second half of the season he's going to really pick kick on. Um, and then you've got Fabinho, like he's just been immense. You know, the last four or five games he's just bossed the Liverpool midfield. Um, mm-hmm. I think the next over the second half of the season, Liverpool can maintain it the way they're going. It's I don't want to say it, and I don't want to jinx the team, but it could be the first Premier League title since what was it 1990? Yeah, and, and like you say about the the players that the club brought in, there, it was interesting that you mentioned Shakiri, who's got that big game experience, and um, also brought in Allison, the, the Brazilian goalkeeper. Yeah, and, I forgot about Allison. In, yeah. in, in front of Virg, uh, sorry, with Virgil Van Dijk in front of him, this. This defence has been formidable, hasn't it? Conceding just the seven goals. Um, how impressed with you that have you been with the back four? Although it's not always been the same back four. There has been changes from from time to time, but it's remained solid, hasn't it? It has. It's been very solid. I don't know whether that's down to the way Klopp manages the defence, or is it down to specifically down to Van Dijk uh, coming in there and settling the players in around him, like. You talk about last season, the first half of last season, and you know the, the silly goals that were conceded, and even when he came in, when Van Dijk came in, I think it was this day last year um, that he signed for. Well, it was announced that he was signing for Liverpool. He shored up the defence fairly, yeah, you know, yeah. very quickly, um, and he's something that Liverpool have lacked for a long time right, since the days of Hupia. You know, to have a quality defender that just settles everyone around him. Well, um, you can say now. Just like everyone that commented when he first come for eighty million for Van Dijk and everyone was going, what mm. he is? Why? Why eighty? I'd pay double that now for him to see what he does and how he constructs yeah. the team around him. He's, you know, even Gary Neville was slagging him off, saying, "Oh, why would you pay that for him?" And now he, you can't get everything out of his mouth. Now is Virgil Van Dijk this? Oh, this that? You know, he's proved his worth ten times over, and any team now would pay over the odds for him and I know I'd love him the Arsenal back <laughs> more yeah, than anything when you see him play it's not like having it's not like having a back four it's like having a back five he's, he's, so, he's like two players in one he he, can, he covers that much ground across the back four um, the way he's helping the younger lads either side of him talking to yeah. them it, it, do you remember the WhatsApp group the material for me remember yeah, the WhatsApp yeah, group yeah. when do you know when he signed for Liverpool? I was kind of skeptical of him signing. Do you know they're paying seventy-five million for another Southampton player, and I kind of, I had a feeling he would be a seventy-five million fucking Dejan Lovren. Do you know? <laughs> yeah. And do you know? And I said that in the WhatsApp group, and Sam Maguire slaughtered me. If you, think, <laughs> if you think where Virgil Van Dijk has come from, you know Celtic, then to Southampton, he hasn't played for the big clubs, and you think, why is he worth seventy-five million? And now you look at him and think, oh, he's worth 120, 130 million for any team. Yeah. You know, if, he went bargain. Now, if he went on the market now, the transfer market, the big, the big players, Real Madrid, Barca, Juventus, PSG would all come in with mad offers for him. And you know, yeah, he could take, he could take his pick. I know he, he's earned that. And like I said, he brings a calmness to that back, that back four, and the young lads just look up to him, which anyone will because he's six foot 
bloody five. And yeah. he just he just calms the whole situation down. And it, I'd love him in, in my team. I'd say that right now. Anyone would. Yeah. He is. He's an absolute. Um, he's a colossus to the back. But I think what it was, there was a, when Liverpool played Southampton away a couple of seasons ago, when he was up against Daniel Sturridge, um, and I watched that game, and I just thought to myself, he didn't give any of the Liverpool strikers a kick, and I just think that was the performance that that convinced Klopp to to go out there and pay that money because he was outstanding in that game. And then although they're not going to judge him off that one game, <clears throat> that was enough for me to say. He's got it. He's solid. He'll fit into our into our back four, no problem. Two, three seasons ago, uh, or maybe more, he scored an absolute whirly of a volley. Remember from outside the box, and they beat yeah. Southampton. And I remember, like I said, I knew him from Celtic. But when he scored that goal, I thought that for the centre back for a goal of that caliber was mm. unbelievable. You know, no one knew him, and then all of a sudden, he's everywhere now. You know, he's he is he's world class. Not just absolutely class, exactly. He's, he's a ball playing uh, centre back, and they're few and far between. And so you look at him when he's playing; he's he's well able to ping a pass from one side of the pitch to the other. Um, yeah, do you know he's almost Ramos, Sergio Ramos like the way he can ping the ball yeah. around, but it's just not as big as a wanker. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you can't need wankers in your team, you know. <laughs> He, he may be a wanker, but, you know, he's your wanker and he, he's <laughs> like that. But, you, like you said, Ramos, yeah, you got another name, you know, Van Dijk. You know, those centre-backs, PK, that can actually score as well and add yeah. goals to your team. They're worth bloody millions and millions. You know, Van Dijk's going to get more goals this season. That's not just going to be his, you know, clean sheets aren't going to be his only attributes to the team. He will get headers. He will get massive volleys from outside the box, and sometimes they help. You know, that yeah, he's, the shoes. yeah, he's he's at um, he's he's at both ends of the pitch now. He, he's he's covering that much ground. But what we're gonna do now, lads, we're gonna move on to the um, gonna move on to talk a little bit about Arsenal with you, Adam. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the start of the season that they, they've made. Obviously, we, we went down to the Emirates a bit earlier in the season with a a one all draw. But um, give us your thoughts on the first half. Half of the season and, and the progress that Emery's made um, since Arsene Wenger left the club. Could be a long one because all Arsenal fans, especially me now, you know, I've literally I grew up. I had Rioch for the season, Bruce Rioch, and then I had Wenger, and that was it, kind of thing, mm. you know. Uh, so Wenger going, which you know, you gotta love him and you've gotta hate him. You can't, you can't knock the fella, you know. He's been a colossus in. The Premier League, you know, he's brought the way he played, the way his nutrition, everything to Arsenal he brought with him. But then at the end, it's just gone stale. So, Emery, you can't... Emery started off good, but of course it's going to be good after you've had a bad patch like we did over the last couple of seasons. Uh, I can see the way he wants to play. I can see the way he's trying to make the team work and click. Uh, It's... I'm happy with what I've saw up to now, basically. You know, you can't you can't judge him on this no this season. Up to now he's done some bad points, but up to now I'm happy. You know, it's changed, we wanted that. So we can't really grumble at what we get. You know, it's Emily was a, a shock name for me coming in. I didn't expect Emily in all honesty. Out of everyone they mentioned, you know, I didn't expect him, but we've got him, so we've got to give him a chance. 
and up to now, like I said, the way he's working people, and especially with bloody Stan Kroenke, you know, you had it at your point at one time with Bill fans, with bloody, what's his name? I never forget his name. Emery, your chairman. Oh, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's, they don't give you the money at first, do they? They do like to see what you do first without it. And then they start saying, well, he's done well, so we'll give him a bit more money. But at the moment, he's not going to, you can say he's not going to give him enough to work with. So we'll have to see how January goes and what goes and what comes in. But up to now, I'm, I can say I'm, I'm happy, <laughs> if you can he say that. Be, he seems to be getting the best out of Aubameyang as well up front. In all um, honesty, Aubameyang's always had that. You've not, everyone's known Aubameyang is a, a world-class striker. You know, yeah. goals, you know. He, but it's getting the best out of him this season and see what he can do with him next season. Because yeah. Aubameyang's hot and cold. He has a good season and then he goes, do you know what Aubameyang reminds me of sometimes? A bit like a Pogba. Because he's got all this glitch. If he watches like his Instagram stories and his Twitter and all that, it's all this glitz and glamour and dancing and stuff where he mm. does do it in front of goal, but I've still got a bit of a, uh, will he be a bit of a diva after a season or two nice. if he's not getting his way kind of thing, which which yeah. bothers me a bit. So... Yeah, and just just looking back to the the, the summer signings, Adam, that that was made. Um, what have you made of these signings that came in in the summer? <laughs> you can't you can't knock the little fella, can you? Today, yeah, so uh, yeah, he, he was coming didn't he? And for the mo- as well as another one. Benzuzi for coming out at Lorenz, is it lead two? Someone, it's that mm. mil- What's his name? I can never pronounce his name. It's Klopp's. Little diamond of a scout fella. Oh, uh, Mincerslat. Uh, yeah, I can never say. Ste- I think it's Stefan Mincerslat, isn't it? No, he finds little gems everywhere. And when Zuzi needs a bit bit of work, he's a diamond in the rough, but you can see stuff in him. You know, the way he plays, he's young, he's hungry. But Terreira, to pay, we were actually paid 20 million, but we're paying that over three years. Imagine paying that over three years for him. That's a bargain and a half. He's been one of the, the highlights, hasn't he, to, to be oh. on his side. And, um, it's that miss with that, miss, that like, little bulldog in the middle. You know, Vieira and even Petit had a bit of a mean streak in him. And, you know, it's just we missed that. You know, Gilberto. Gilberto was probably one of our best no sentiment fields. he just done his job. He just stood there. You know, got the ball off people and laid it off to everyone. And it yeah, was, it wasn't somebody who grabbed the headlines weekend when he just do that job that, that, that them because, sweeping up and goes unnoticed. Yeah, he just basically does his job and everyone's happy with him. You know, not, when you see name in the team sheet, no one goes, oh, why is he in? Or, oh, we don't need to play him. Everyone's just happy that he's there starting. Oh. But even you see, the, I was watching the game at the weekend when Torreira came on um, in the second half to get a stand ovation from the Arsenal fans. Yeah. So they know what to expect of him, that he's going to just play it's, for them. He just does the job, Adam. He just he is. He's just, you know, if he goes in there, for however long he's on that pitch, he will give his all for it, you know. He will, yeah. Till the final whistle, he'll be running after balls or trying to start something, break stuff up. He will do it until the end, until that whistle blows, which is what you need from every player, you know, just to give you all. Spot on. Right, so, yeah, we're going to... Um, Go on to the to the previous couple of fixes that the both teams have have just played. Adam, we're going to talk about yesterday's four uh, 0 victory versus Newcastle. Um, got off to a good start. We with Lovren and then 
little bit of controversy over over Mo Salah's um, penalty incident. For me, it was a it was a, it was a penalty. He's pulled him back outside the area. That's given. Um, and then another couple more goals in the second half. So, what was your thoughts on the performance and uh, who who was the standout player in that game for you, please, Aaron? I I just before I start, Lovren didn't even I knew he had something like that in his his repertoire, but just that was some strike. I just I watched it over and over again today, and it's like you look at you had Andrus Townsend, and then you've Lovren, like two of the finest strikes you're going to get all season long. Um. Now, I missed the whole Salah penalty thing. I was out of the house, but when I came back... But you see that there was no grumbling from Rafa Benitez or there was no grumbling from the Newcastle players. The only ones that seem to be grumbling are the opposition fans. Um, do you know, like, and Salah isn't known for diving the way the fans are... Do you know, the opposition fans are going on about him. Um, no, he played on his feet against Bournemouth, didn't he, when he, when he was tripped yeah. a couple of weeks back? Yeah, he, he prefers to stay on his feet and try and put the ball into the back and net, but... You know, it was obviously it was a penalty. I've seen the instance that it was a penalty, but um, yeah, and then just you know, like four 0 over against the Rafa Benitez defence. I know Newcastle aren't the greatest team in the world, but you'd have imagined Rafa would have drilled into the defence. And you look at the times the Liverpool back four were up on the halfway line, you know, playing the ball out. Um, it just shows that Rafa had eleven players behind the ball trying to trying to you know. Stop Liverpool attacking, Liverpool attacking, but it just didn't seem to work. Um, and I think, do you know, could you say now we next season VR is going to be in to the Premier League? If VR was in now, do you think that would be given as a pen? Because not to be funny, when I looked at it at the uh, the, the replay, which VR would look at it as that thing, I'd say it was very, very, very slim chance of a pen. That I don't think it was. I think it was a bit of a dive. I think he could have stayed on his feet. But you again, know? like it's if if he's at it every week, you'll turn around and you'll say, Yeah, it was a bit I of a understand. dive. Yeah. Uh, no, I understand if he's at it every week. But then it's it doesn't matter if he's at it every week or not. With VR, you know, you're gonna get that replay back and then he's gonna be, you know, branded as a dive, you know, and see when you've got that when you've got that replay back, you can basically diagnose everything that's gone on before and after. And to me, I just think it was a very, very, very dodgy situation. But we're saying that I saw somewhere saying that there hasn't been a penalty given for Liverpool at Anfield in f- over 400 games. So, you know, we'll take the dodgy penalty while we get it. We'll take the well, soft ones because we're not getting the hard ones. Because next year, I must admit, next year, I, I actually like VR coming into it because you do get the ones that dive and... You know, we've even got them some in our team. I'm not going to lie. Last, I think it was not last week, the week before when, when Gwen Doozy went over like a fucking soft shite and it was a dive. He dived and it was, even I was screaming at the telly saying, get up, you big fancy. You know, you, there's no need in the game today, the way it's played, you know, there's no need for diving anymore. There's no need no. for falling on your arse. You know, get on with the game. It's supposed to well, be like it. that. No, it, you know, some teams like like United and City might with VAR next season might just fucking might just sort out you know the dodgy decisions that all seem to go their way. The As- the Ashley Youngs, he's one of them. Just just talking about the VAR um, situation regarding in that penalty, for instance, I don't think the referee probably would have gone to the VAR uh, unless there's some sort of appeals process where the team can because. 
was watching Dermot Gallagher today on, on Sky Sports, the ex-Premier yeah. League referee, and he, he's turned around and he, he said it was a penalty. He, he, he's touched his arm as he's in full flow. The speed he's going, he, he's dragged him back. Um, he may not have been able to stay on his feet. So from what the referee's point of view, where he's standing, he sees that arm come out. He sees Salah being dragged. So for him, it's a penalty. And for me, it, it is a soft one. And it's one of them that, that it could not have been given. But going by the letter of the law, that he's, he's made contact with him, he's, he's not touched the ball, he's, he has had a little drag at his shirt and, or his shoulder or whatever. And I think just if it was outside the box, then them sorts of decisions are given all the time. Silly little fouls you call them, but just because it's inside the box, it doesn't mean that it's any different to, to being outside the box. But yeah, you're talking about the VAR situation. I think more more to the point that that will be used to do, however used to a degree, like offside decisions and things like that, which are the ones that are, are debatable. Um, there was a couple, there was one with Shakiri yesterday where he was along yeah. the line, he was onside, but if you look at it quickly, you think, oh, he might have been offside there. So, I don't have your thoughts on that. Would it mainly be used for the offside decisions? Mm. With the scenarios, watching, like you say, Sky Sports, should, if you are uh, diving and you get basically a yellow or whatever for diving, should there be a bigger punishment? Like, or someone, I think it was, was it? I think it was, uh, I think they were talking to Tomo and Mason and Leticia to get it out, you know, if you've caught diving, a six-match ban, you know, something mm. along those ban just to because who's one of the drive when you're going to miss three matches you know what I mean well yeah they, that's a good point they just do like basically oh you die there's a yellow you know or a warning you know you don't want it in the game you want it out the game because it does you know if you dive in that box and get a pen it can, can change the whole game around you know and if you do get caught I think you should be you know dealt with in a in a harsher way because it just spoils the whole game it really does <laughs> Sorry, it's one of my. It's not hands. just. Really it's not just the foreign players that that's doing no. it. There's been there's, there's been the situations with Harry Kane. There was one the other week with James Madison, the Leicester player, who openly yes. came out after the game and apologised and said, "Yep, yeah, he dived." And then, fair enough, the lad apologised for it, and everybody moved on, didn't make a thing of it. But for Will him to do it? that, I don't think he, he won't do it again for for me once he's he's come out and said that. But like you said, there should be a harsher punishment for diving. It's mm, got to yeah. be like a, at least a free, a free match ban. If you've caught diving or admit you've dived, you know, it should be not a slap on the wrist, though, don't do it again, you silly sausage, walk away. You know, it should be, you've dived, you've, you've, you've cheated. Cheated, you know? yeah. Yeah, you've cheated. So, you know, you teach your kids not to cheat and lie and stuff, you know, yeah. and they get told off and they get punished. They should be punished as well, you know, yeah, just right. in the game. Well, that's think, it. Uh, it could be the, uh, a dive in the box, a, a dodgy penalty could be the, you know, the difference between a team being relegated or, you know, yeah. a team winning the chat, winning the league. Exactly. You know, yeah, it is. It's it's a very um, contentious issue, isn't it? I think if um, if it was brought in our, our friend Neymar, I don't think he'd play three games a season, would he? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. We'll be all over for him. Okay, then, uh, Adam, we're going to look back um, at the, the Arsenal's game yesterday, 1-1, down at, yeah. at Brighton. What were your thoughts on the on the performance in the game? It started well. 
you know. I think Emery got it wrong yesterday completely, but I think, you know, what he's working with at the moment, you know, we've got... Koscielny's just come back. He's not 100% plus, you know, he's ageing a bit, you know. Holden's out. Bellerin was out. You know, he's not got much to work with. Our season, well... Our whole transfer this January and in the summer, it needs to be centre-backs and defensive-wise because we're just, we're running out of them, you know. There's no one to work with. Paul Rob Olden's out now, you know, and he was do he was consistent when he was in. You know, he was starting to shine a bit more and get his confidence. You know, Socrates is coming and he's just a, I can't, he's been one of our buyers of the season. You know, he's, he's just come in and he's, his experience that he's had with Dortmund and he's just, he's, Gone in and just done the job, you know. I I was worried about him being the German league, being a bit slower than the Prem and a bit more less tough. But he's just adapted straight to it. But the whole match, it just went wrong after the the half time when uh, Ozil was taken off and then Lacazette was taken off. It was just there was nothing up front to create anything, and it was just it was just stale. It was horrible watching it. It was just. You could see what was going to happen. And we were nervous as well when actually they were going forward. I felt nervous when they had the ball. You know, mm. oh, it wasn't I the best. I don't get on. the whole Ozil, or Ozil thing with uh, Emery. Um, mm. do you know, when he was substituted at half-time, wasn't he? He was. And do you know, the game beforehand, he was one of the... Do you know, he was man of the match material for me. Do you know, yeah. the side and then goes and plays with the, in the Europa League with basically the under-23s. I don't know what he's trying to do with him, like you said. It's, I think he's trying to say, like, start playing and start, you know, doing what you're doing. Well, I'll take it off. And then when he takes him off, the team suffers. But then sometimes when he's on, he's got that, he's that big of a superstar. He's like he had the problem with Neymar in a PSG. Neymar had this, you know, diva thing around him and I'm on this mountain money and stuff. And, I think he was trying to basically say, listen, I'm the boss. I tell you when you're playing stuff. And I don't think he can deal with big personalities, Emery. I don't think he knows how to handle them as such. Uh, so it's a, it's a hard one. For me personally, if Ozil went tomorrow, Ozil went tomorrow, it wouldn't bother me. You know, uh, I think 300 grand for him a week could be spent better off somewhere else, especially when you, like I said, Terere and you know, Gwendo's, he, you've just found, and I think, I'd rather give the 300 grand to Anne Ramsey, and if I'm honest, you know, <laughs> yeah, how, how that's come up, that's come about from, uh, Gazidis and Wenger, you know, that's flashing the money at Ozil, and, and Sanchez trying to keep him stay, where Ramsey was the main fella, those seasons, you know, working hard, scoring goals, assisting, you know, he's always come on Ramsey, and provided, you know, something, where when Ozil comes on sometimes, he doesn't provide nothing. He just literally, he's a wet blanket sometimes. I just, I can't get, I can't get him sometimes. It's just, he is really an enigma to me sometimes. But uh, the display against Brighton needs to uh, pick up from where it's gone. It it definitely needs to pick up this weekend. Because if we play like that this weekend, you know, I've been to a couple of them. He's going to win us like 4-5-1. You know, it's going to be... Destruction derby again, and it hurts watching them. You know, I was there last season, and it—I <laughs> was in the away end in Anfield when he's won four nil, and it was just. Oh. Look, 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 enough! I didn't have to walk that far home. But, 
I couldn't imagine the people on the bus back home to London after the display yeah. they done then. You know, it only took me 10 minutes to go down Queen's Drive and I was home. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to ask you about that, um, Adam, looking towards the game on Saturday. Um, what would be your, your starting 11, well, your predicted starting 11 that you think Emery's going to go with, um, considering with the injuries and, and suspensions taken into account? It's hard when, like I say, with the injuries, what he wants to play. It's gotta be, it's gotta be four at the back, because if we have three against twos, it's just gonna be, he may as well just say, let's just give him the three points. It's, it's gotta be like a, a diamond shape. You've gotta, you've gotta have Terere and, uh, Grant Jacker in, in the middle. They work really well together. You can see them actually forming a nice bond. I don't know why he puts him in centre back. You know, he just, he can't get it, Shaka centre back. He's played left back as well this season, hasn't he? It's, I know he's trying to say, oh look, he's versatile. That's great, he's versatile. But his best position is in the middle, spraying balls around or, you know, helping Terrera out. The both of them work well together. They know when to give and go and who to stay back and it does work better, but it's, it's the wingers for us. I think that's a problem we need to sort out. There's no, you can't play, Obama Yang loves playing up front. You know, he loves being up front. He's the poacher, he's the goal scorer. Mm. But then, if you want to play Lacazette as well, it was world class. He liked playing in that role, and Obama Yang doesn't like going out to the left. He said that. He said he'll do it. He said, but he doesn't like playing there. So, then, then you've got my, uh, my, uh, bug to bear, Awobi, uh, <laughs> playing on the left, if he wants to bring him in. You know, it's, it's a weird one. Our, our back four, when the fit and our back and our midfield, sort itself out, if you kind of know what I mean. When they're all fit, you know who's playing. It's just when he goes for the, the wingers and if he wants a, just a, a, a striker, a centre-forward, you don't know what he wants. If it was for me, it would be Obama Yang up front. Then I, Ramsey would have to play. I don't know why he hasn't. I know he's, uh, his contract runs out and stuff like that, but he's still that player that can p- provide, especially in a big game like Liverpool, you know, he's done it. A couple of times against Liverpool where he's provided that winning goal or that winning cross or through ball. He needs to play the big games. So, it's going to be an hour one to watch and all that. It really is to say. Especially the way he's a, he's a flying now. It's like trying to stop a runaway train. <laughs> now, how, how do you do it? You know what I mean? What you put in front of it? Yeah, so is so, it... it... So basically, is it going to be a similar lineup? I've just got the lineup from from the Brighton game of Leno, um, Lichtensteiner, Socrates, Koscielny, uh, Kolasinic at left back. Then you'd add uh, Xhaka, Guendouzi, Torreira. Um, yeah. Ozil could be one who could drop out after after obviously coming off at half time yesterday. And obviously, the manager's got some sort of issue with him. Then Lacazette, Bamiyang. But if he does drop out, who, who's the, the likely to replace him? Would it be Ramsey, El Neni? Um, who's, who's the likely one to come in if Bamiyang was to, uh, sorry if Ozil was to to be um, taken from that lineup? He plays El Neni, didn't he? That's the only one I can see fitting in there. We've got Mate and Niles who can play in that kind of area and then push it out, but. It's El Nani who he usually puts in instead of him. But like you said, this is what bugs me with, like, your bench now is so far superior to ours. You know, with Chikiri, you've got a threat in there. 
You know, you've got players that you can bring in with, with us. We're injured and out. There's no one that you can see, especially if it's a big game, that you can pull in to, like, do the job or do something. So, I'm not looking forward to this weekend, <laughs> in all honesty. <laughs> no, no worries. Right. What we're going to do, um, we'll get over to you, Adam, uh, sorry, uh, Aaron, and we will get your thoughts on Liverpool's um, predicted start in 11 with taking into account we've got uh, um, City on the third, managed to rest a couple of um, players later on in the game yesterday. But how do you see Jurgen Klopp's um, start in 11 for this game, please? Well, you could say the back, four, back five is nailed on uh, just with injuries at the minute. So you're looking at Alisson, Robbo, uh, Van Dyke, Lovren and um, Trent. Trent and the, yeah. the front three are nailed on that's the way it's going to be the only, thing he's, the only decision he has to make for me is who plays in midfield Henderson is going to start because he's fit he's the captain and does he put in Wijnaldum or Fabinho in beside him and Shaqiri personally I'd like to see Shaqiri start I think he's the player like he's the player that can pick a pass um, you know and he's He's also he's almost Alonso like in his range of passing. If you ever watch his passing, he never passes the ball straight. He'll always pass it at an angle so that the player running onto the ball isn't coming onto a dead ball. Um so I'd love Shakiri to start. I think he should go with the same lineup he started against um Newcastle and um later on in the match if Liverpool are comfortably winning, then take the players off and give the likes of Sturridge or Rigi um or run out um, just to kind of keep them, keep them a wee bit of match sharpness. Spot on. Thanks, Alan. Okay, then, just before we um, go on to the to the music, I'm going to get a score prediction from uh, from you two guys with Liverpool being the home team, Aaron. I'll, uh, I'll get you to go first with your, your score prediction and your reasons for that, please. I'm not going to go too mad. I always go, when I'm doing the, uh, the question and answer sessions, I always go with a scrappy 1-0, and I'll happily take scrappy 1-0 victory. Um it's a big game, like, you put it this way, Liverpool win and City have another poor performance against Southampton, they're 10 points clear at the top of the table from City, so I'll take a 1-0 win, um, you know, solid to score maybe. Cheers Aaron, right, I'm saying from you please, uh, Adam. Uh, I thought I'd like to say us, but <laughs> <laughs> you've got you've got all different factors, like you said. With City dropping points now, you're going to go for it, you know. You just can't take the foot off the pedal. You're going to go out and put on a show. Uh, with us, the way we've been playing, you know, our first half performances are never the best. And if you just go off to a flyer, you know, I can see this being quite bad, especially with the injuries we've got. So, I'd say I'm going, hopefully, pretty 3-1 at the lowest. But it's just... The free one to Liverpool. I just can't see with our injuries and our defence and the way you're playing at the moment, and especially at Anfield. You know, it's when you play that us at the Emirates. You know, the way we played, I didn't expect that. But at least we were at home and we had our supporters. We had Anfield. It's a different ball game. It really is. It's one of the hardest grounds to go to. You know, when I look at the, the fixtures when it comes up, you know, I see when we're playing Liverpool. I say when we're playing Man U. I see when we're playing Tottenham because I know they're our hardest games. So <laughs> I'd be happy with a one-one. <laughs> but I, I can I can see it being like a three-one or four-one to Liverpool. I can just see them just flying. Literally, I can't see them stopping. And in all honesty, I think it's going to be close to another 
uh, another team being unbeaten this season. Just depends on uh, the run of games and how it goes. But at the moment, I can't see Liverpool losing it. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, Adam. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks yeah. for your thoughts on the on the uh, the score predictions there. Lads, yeah, I, I'm similar thoughts. I think I don't think it's going to be a, an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. I think Arsenal may come and um, have a little go at times and also play with men behind the ball like Newcastle did. So, yeah, I just think, um, like Adam said, that we, we probably will have that little bit much, too much firepower um, with the likes of Salamane and Firmino all, all um, hitting a little bit of form now and Shakiri to come in as well. I just think... Um, we'll have that little bit too much for Arsenal and I'm going to go for a for a 2-0 Liverpool victory myself right okay just before we um, head off I want to introduce the music by uh, a band that's been in touch with us again this week um, from the Liverpool area they're called the Red Rum Club and uh, my daughter Layla she likes to come on the podcast now and again she's going to come in and uh, introduce the, the song for us come on Layla and this track is called Angelina by Red Rum Club I'm reminiscing Drunk on a vision Of the girl
And that track was called Angelina by Liverpool-based band Red Rum Club. Thanks very much to them for uh, getting in touch with us. Once again, always um, always a privilege to play the the music from from them guys. So thanks very much to uh, Adam and Aaron for joining me on, on this week's cocktail preview of the Liverpool Arsenal game. <laughs> don't forget to um, don't forget to keep. Um, Checking out the app, Liverpool online, Facebook and, and Twitter page that we tag on our podcasts. We've got an association with them this season and appreciate all the, um, the retweets and, and putting it out on the Facebook page for us from, from them guys over there. And also keep, keep on with the, um, the support for the No More Nice campaign based in Liverpool with, um, Paul Bentley and Lee Butler who's, who's had a little bit of, um, bit of a consultations with us over a few things and we've uh, we're on board with them now so I'll keep following the No More Knives campaign in Liverpool as well so thanks very much uh, Aaron and Adam I hope you enjoyed the show lads thanks thanks very much for inviting me it was good yeah thanks for, Peter thanks for Roger. you're very welcome so that's the cop table preview for Liverpool versus Arsenal all, all done we will be returning with our Liverpool versus Manchester City preview as soon as we get a chance to uh, fit that one in with our friend um, Joe Doherty. So thanks everybody for listening and uh, we'll speak to you all very soon. Goodbye. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99 and a shark vacuum for $199.99 which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash, too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So, yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Sports Social Podcast Network.